listening to the Dynamic Women podcast. Each week, you'll be inspired by our global community of women. They'll share with you tools and stories to help you be dynamic in every area of life. Here's your host, award-winning coach and the CEO and founder of Dynamic Women, Diane Ralston. Are you worried about kids having too much screen time? Well, today I'm going to talk with an expert about the five ways to make kids' screen time actually healthy and productive. And we're also going to talk about why teaching computer science to our future generation is important. Hello, lovely Dynamic Women, and welcome to the Dynamic Women podcast. I am your host, Diane Rolston. And today I have the lovely Simmer joining us here. And she is going to take us through exactly what I said, the five ways to make kids' screen time healthy and productive. Welcome, Zimmer. Thank you, Diane. Thank you for giving me a voice here that I can tell the people and the moms especially how to make it productive because it is challenging, especially during these times because they're sitting in front of the screens most of the time. Yes. And what I love is that you're coming in as a mom, as a business owner, and as an expert in providing opportunities for kids to have screen time in a productive and healthy way. So let me let me give everyone a little bit of a background about you. So you were born in India and you moved to North America for further studies in 2005. You have an undergrad in computer science and an MBA and following your MBA, uh, Simmer worked with Fortune 100 companies but wasn't happy as just working wasn't enough. I totally get it. Good job for continuing to move on. (laughs) So she had a deeper purpose growing up in India in the 80s and 90s, knowledge of computer science, especially for girls, was not as important or valuable than a doctor or engineer. Defying all norms, she got a degree in computer science and moved to North America to follow her dream of teaching kids, especially girls, computer science. I wanna give you a clap. (laughs) Like, I love it. I love it. It's so right. There's not enough people focusing on women in the sciences, in computer sciences, in engineering and such. And so the fact that you're taking this on for girls and you're a girl is amazing. And I have a three-year-old daughter. So there you go. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, let's dive in. First of all, I, I think people are maybe wondering... Well, what are you what are you doing then teaching kids? So why don't you tell us a little bit about the business and then we can kind of dive into how we can make uh, videos that be on computers, um, a family affair. We're going to talk about coding, going to talk about uh, how video games are actually helpful. So we're going to talk about all that stuff, but let's just figure out like what what is it that you do? So I run and operate a company called Level Up Kids here in the Lower Mainland. And normally we teach kids coding in a fun way. Hmm. And us moms, we're aware of if we have kids over the age of six or seven, we know they're playing like Roblox and Minecraft and Super Mario kind of games, but they're just playing it. They're not being innovators. They're not being creators. So my purpose with Level Up is to teach them how to make their own video games by giving them a purpose. And giving them, you know, boost, like giving them an opportunity to, you know what, let's not just play, let's create something that other people can look up to us and say, wow, you guys did a good job. So my, my main motive in, in doing this coding in a fun way is just n- not to promote just playing video games or watching YouTube videos. 
Mm. It's way bigger. Diving right in. Yep. Yeah. And so you do that in after school programs, summer camps, March break camps, that sort of thing? Yes. So we do it in after school programs, spring break camps, uh, summer camps, and pro D day camps. And sometimes, you know, kids want to just have parties, birthday parties. So we do game creating birthday parties as well. Ooh. Yeah. That's cool. That's so yeah, cool. So, yeah. It's, it's awesome. It's awesome because when kids see that, you know what, we can create something at a birthday party and then they go home and they tell their parents, hey, you know what, we created a game. It's like phenomenal because they see the cause and the effect when they write the code. Yeah. Yeah, it's important that, that kids understand how what they love happens. So if a kid, if a child loves um, different types of food, then teach them how to cook it. And if a, if a child loves plants, then it's around teach them how to grow it. And so the same thing here, if a kid loves video games, teach them how to make them. Yeah, that's awesome. So let's get down to what parents are probably wondering, um, what maybe they feel guilty about is screen time. So how do you make screen time actually like productive? How do you do that? Oh, yeah. So normally when, a and this is research too, when a child is too oh. much absorbed in, on like an iPad or a tablet or just watching videos or any time of screen time, our brain releases a hormone called dopamine. And that is rewarding to the kids in a way. So when you take the tablets away or the computers away or screens away from the kids, we have seen as well that kids become agitated. Then mm -hmm. why are you taking it away? But it's, you know, and then in 2017, University of Montreal also did a research about it and the shooter style games the kids are playing these days, for example, Fortnite, yes. they actually uh, can damage the hippocampus area of the brain and they can cause it to lose cells. So too much screen time can affect the development of a child's brain. And these are the forming years of, of a child that we can encourage them. Hey, you know what? Let's not watch too much video. Let's not be um, a passive consumer. Let's mm -hmm. just be a creator and innovate and make games or innovate things in a way that will help you in the future as well. So there are five ways we can, um, we as parents can say, you know what? Hey kids, let's have a healthy and productive screen times. So number one is limit screen time. Like even, even I teach coding, I always tell my students as well, you have an hour off coding in front of the screen. Now turn off the computers and you're off the computers for 15 minutes. No screen time. Your eyes need a break. Your mm -hmm. brain needs a break. Let's just do something else. Let's just play charades or let's just play Uno or something like old school table games kind of things mm -hmm. or that takes you off of there. So even the American Academy of Pediatrics said that, you know what, kids should not have more than two hours of screen time, but that is for kids six and under. So if there are moms who have babies under 18 months of age, no screen time at all. Hmm. The only screen time they're, they're, they're actually getting is if they're video chatting with a parent or a loved one who's not close to them or not living with them. Uh, 18 to 24 months old kids can watch videos for like 30 minutes and then um 22 to five years old not more than an hour a day but all three of them only when there's an adult 
present. And then six and up, there is no specific time limit. There's no research that says they need to watch only this much videos, but they I always tell the parents of the kids that place consistent limits on the time they spent on the on on the computers or the tablets or anything and make sure it doesn't take away from their sleep from the physical activity and also from like readings and stuff and take and also take note if there's any behavioral changes. Hmm. So number 1 is limit your screen time. Can I ask a question about the you said that it can damage the hypo, hypocampus campus yeah hippocampus yeah and uh is that the just the shooter games or all screen time just the shooter games okay and what when that's damaged how does that affect a child's life do you know that i i'm not because sure because it uh it damages the cells in the brains mm -hmm. and the and when they're playing just the shooter games they actually start thinking like that that you know what, there, we can do something like that. Hmm. So they don't have the capability once those cells are damaged to think in a proper reasonable manner. Oh, and it, it okay. doesn't happen overnight, it happens over a period of time. Hmm, interesting. I've, I've never, other than like Duck Hunt, that you know, old, old Nintendo that I played as a kid, I've never played any of those type of shooter games but I have been watching different shows that were very suspenseful or um, very threatening to the characters. And so in turning it off, I was feeling kind of that nervousness, that feeling the threat, almost like I heard a sound and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to protect myself. Like it carried on. And so I can totally see how kids in the developmental stage of their brains can be yeah. so affected by not just viewing, but by participating. So I guess the same is true for the positive exactly. side. So um, not to like say, yeah. And it's just, I'm not saying like those games are not, they shouldn't be playing the games because if, if you stop your child, their friends are playing the games. Mm -hmm. And just to name is Fortnite. Like, but when kids come to our learning center, they, they're like, can we play Fortnite? Not at all. It's off limits. You're not allowed. Hmm. So um, but yeah, there are some, some tips that, you know, moms can consider as a family, make screen time off limits for certain days and hours. So for example, Saturday and Sunday's family time, mm -hmm. there's no screen during family time mm -hmm. at, at dinner table. There is no screen. I have seen kids who are like four or five years old. They will not eat their dinner unless they have their favorite show on a phone in front of them. They'd rather stay hungry than, you know if they don't have their show. So like make bedroom screen free. We have like me personally, we've taken out the TVs from our bedrooms. There's no TV in the bedrooms. And um, like I said, no screen time at the dinner table and use screen as a reward. They finished a quiz, they finished a homework. Okay, you do this homework, you'll get like 20 minutes of screen time or 30 minutes of screen time. So they know, for, for example, we say, okay, you'll get $2 for this chore that you did. Instead of the money, we tell them, okay, you want to you have screen time, you will, but only for this much if you yeah. do this. Okay, so tip number one is the limiting screen time. Yep. Do you want to roll us through the other tips here? Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, limiting screen time, make bedroom screen free is tip number two. Okay. Tip number three is no screen time rule at the dinner table. Because mm. they need to focus on what they're eating. Only yes. then their brain will say, okay, we've eaten this much and, you know, they'll respond accordingly. 
And tip number four is use screen time as a reward for completion of chores or quizzes or homework. Okay. Did you say there were five tips? Four. Four. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Good. And then, yeah. So number one was limit screen time. Number two is encourage creative and ed educational screen time. Oh, so there's we missed a that one. We missed that one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, what... so, uh, so number one is limit screen time. Limit screen time has four tips that I just gave out. Oh, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> so edu what would you say? Like, how would a parent really know it's if it's educational or not? Like what, there's some that are obvious, like they're learning their alphabet or whatever. It's obvious that it's, it's educational, but where do you draw the line of educational or not? So there are four main categories of screen time. Hmm. Number one is passive consumption, like just watching TV, browsing the internet, playing games on the internet. Number two is interactive um, consumption of screen time, which is playing games with their friends on the internet. Okay. Um, number three is communication, which is video chatting, social media, browsing, and yeah. you know, um, and number four is content creation. So content creation can be there. If you have an 11 year old, maybe he wants to be a YouTuber. So he's a YouTube content creator, not a YouTuber. I say it as a YouTube content creator because he's actually creating content for something. Okay. And then, um, like gaming they're actually creating games and playing games. So you're actually creating content. That's mm -hmm. how you say that this is educational. Content creation is a part of educational screen mm -hmm. time. No, well, what yeah. if they're just making those dance videos for TikTok? Oh. Because, <laughs> oh. well, and, and, and I know we're getting kind of into, into the nitty gritty no, here. It's all good. This might be, because I know that's like really big with, I feel so old when I, I sound so old when I say this, this is so big with the young ones, right? With the young kids, they're, they're jumping on TikTok and making all these dance videos. And that's creativity in that they've got to learn the moves that's physical as well. And then they've got to upload it and they got to do all the little techie bits of that. So it, yep. does any content creation count? Uh, in my opinion, I not, not to say anything bad about anything, but still, I don't like TikTok. Number one, it has its own security concerns. And it's not like I had students in my YouTube class who wanted to do TikTok videos. And I said, no, we're not doing TikTok videos because then you teach them the internet safety and security and everything about it. Because we've seen in research as well that TikTok, users of TikTok have been hacked previously. Oh. And kids being on TikTok is not a very safe place to be at because they're very vulnerable at that age and we don't want them to go on TikTok. So even though they're being creative, they're still being exposed to something that is not safe for them. Okay. So what if they were creating the dance videos for YouTube? <laughs> if they're creating dance videos for YouTube, the number one reason YouTube is okay because they need a parent's email address to access YouTube under the age of 13. Ah. So just creating videos is fine, but how about they learn how to edit the videos too in a proper mm -hmm. manner? Okay. That is educational content creation. Okay. And you teach how to be on YouTube. Yes. 
That's so cool. Do you, teach, do, you, do you own teach adults as well? Because I, I have probably lots of clients that are like, how do I do well on YouTube? But that's fabulous. Like you got to stick to um, your, the demographic target market that you have and that's kids. And I'm sure there are so many parents that are like, what, you want to be an influencer on YouTube or you want to get your message out on YouTube or you want to be creative on YouTube? I have no freaking clue how to do that. So it's so good that, that you've got that covered. However, you said I'm located in the lower mainland and that is of BC for anyone who's listening from further away, BC, Canada. Mm -hmm. Do you do stuff online, especially with the pandemic right now? You're limited. So do you teach any of these classes online? Yes, we teach YouTube content creation class online. We teach hmm. the Roblox game designing class online. And we also are teaching um, game designing with scratch online. And right now I have kids from New Zealand and Australia as well. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, it's, so it's, cool. It's, it's fun. And we just partnered up with another um, theater company who are teaching drama and theater to kids in the morning. And then I go in and teach YouTube to those kids in the afternoon. So then they both can merge their drama skills that's into right. YouTube. So if you are listening and you have, <laughs> this was not planned that I would say this, but, and you have a company that serves kids and you're looking for another component. And this I'm sure is a, a big seller for parents because this is higher, higher level. Um, we could say higher level camp or after school activities, right? It's not just let's make a paper craft. This is for mm -hmm. making something hard hardcore here and, and learning these skills that's so cool so if if they're making these video games while at home how can that mm -hmm. be helpful how, what are the advantage of advantages of actually doing game design so think about it as art what does art make kids do they make them they make it they make the kids more creative so mm -hmm. when they're actually sitting in front of the computer and they want to design a game they have something in their mind they're not putting it down on paper, but they're putting it up on a screen. Hmm. So they have a visualization that what they need their game to look like. So it makes them creative. They're using their mind in a different way. They're not using their mind to just play it. They're using in my, a mind to be creative. Mm -hmm. So that is number one. It makes them more creative. Number two, once they've made the game, they wanted to like, even we, when we were kids, we did something right. We wanted to go and show off. Like, hey, you know what? We did this. Hey, we, we did this. So they go and tell their friends, hey, you know what? I did this. So it boosts up their confidence. Oh. So when yeah. kids come and say, hey, you know what? I did this game. Oh, I, I was thinking of doing that, but I've never done it. So let me just try your game. And then when the other friend says, oh my God, this is awesome. How did you do it? And then the child who made it goes into a teaching mode. Hmm. So it's like a chain yeah. reaction. Yeah. And it's super unique as well. Cause my, my kids are five and eight and, and I hear, especially the eight year old with the friends in the neighborhood, I hear that I made this or I did that. And the other kid goes, well, I can do that too. And this is probably one of those things that not every, not probably it is one of those things that very few children have had the opportunity to be able to say they have done. So yep. cool. Yeah. Wow. So it, yeah, it boosts their confidence. And once they're making a game, it also encourages them to use math and science concepts because mm -hmm. they have to see like, for example, if there's an airplane, 
flying, they have to see what's the gravity and the velocity of it though it's flying. So it's teaching them science. What angle is a part or a block to be placed in a game is mm. teaching them math. So there are different concepts that kind of pull in when, you're, when they're designing their own video games. So yeah. that's why we say it's teaching them STEM, STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math in a fun way. Mm. But I like to call it as not computer science, but I like to call it as computational thinking. Computational <laughs> thinking. Do you want to share more about that? <laughs> I'm, uh, you can tell I'm just passionate about this. So you I'm are. just trying that works. And that's why, I, that's why I bring people on here who are true experts in their industry and your, you know, how you came through. And this is a movement I'm sure that you're, you're creating um, not just for children, but you know, specifically for, for girls. So that oh there, my is, God. there is a place, there was another woman that we inter that I interviewed for uh, the dynamic women community and Leah Koss. And we talked about gamification and we ended up talking about comic books and you know i you could say i made a kind of a stupid comment about well comic books are kind of like for boys and then she was like no they're not um there's a huge following for girls and i'm like well it's just that you don't you don't hear about it you don't see it as much uh same with video games and she's like i love video games so we need brilliant passionate role models like you to lead the women i'm not going to lead the women the girls in gaming i'm not i'm not passionate about video games um and so that would be the wrong role for me but i'm passionate about other things and so yeah. i love yeah Compu computational t tell us about that so computational thinking um is nothing but it's a it's type of a problem solving skill Hmm. So if you think about, if you break out two words, computational is computer science. Thinking is you actually think. So when you merge it together, what does computer science do? It solves a problem for something. Hmm. So you're actually becoming a problem solver. And you're teaching, the, teaching a machine to do what a human wants it to do. Yeah. So I, I, I kind of like to encourage my kids, hey, you know what? You need to... You need to focus on being a problem solver than being a problem creator, not only for yourself, but for your parents, for your teachers, for everyone. Oh, that sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, it's, it changes the way kids think once they see it that, you know what, oh, we wrote this and this is what it's done. Oh my God. I never thought this could, it could happen like that. Cause most of the kids who come to us, especially for Roblox, they're just picking and choosing stuff from whatever Roblox has given them, but they're not coding their own. Oh, okay. So they're like, oh, I've done this. No, you haven't. Let's go in and see it. And then when they see it, oh my God, I did not know we could do this. And now they're open to a whole different, you know, arena yeah. of things that they can do. So... That's, and, and then, you know, they, it encourages computational thinking or the way they start thinking is also, it teaches them about interconnected parts. One thing is connected to the other and what is the cause and effect. It helps them break the bigger problems into smaller parts and then solve them that way. And it not only helps them in computer science, but also in math, for example. Hmm. So I'm, I'm with the confidence thing, I'm seeing that this also builds their self-efficacy, their belief that they are able to do things. 
I often hear my kids with the silliest things like opening a cereal box or putting their shoes on that they haven't untied. And they're like, I can't do it. And they throw it and they get mad. I would love to say back to them, you can make a video game. You can open a box of cereal. Like I'd love to have that. And I'm sure that the children, like the parents are seeing the difference in their kids by doing that problem solving here, they start to build that skill and start to apply it in other ways. Exactly. And they, we have parents coming back and saying we, because we have kids with special needs as well. And you know, when special needs, yeah, when special needs kids come in, they are creative. They want to do things, but they don't have the tools and the right pathway to guide them through it. So when they come to us and when they go back after maybe like a week or two weeks, we have parents' emails coming in. Oh, I have a completely different child. Like what happened? Because now they can do things that they couldn't do. Now they're trying to analyze things before they do something. Now they're trying to think before they speak. So it's a life changing experience when they do coding or computer science or, you know, even something content creation in any way. So you're almost recoding their brain. <laughs> yes, we're, we're recoding their brain. We're rewiring them in a way that, you know what, you're, you can do things in a much better way than you were doing in the past. Mm. And it seems logical and it's fun and it's going to help you in the long run. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. This- I, I, and I love what I do. I love what my instructors do. And yeah, kids just, kids are like, we want to come back. So it makes them come back more because then they're learning more. Yeah. So run us through, like, if a, ch- if a child was to, to join, like the after school program or the summer camp, what is it like timeline, start to finish and what are they making? Because I'm all about the ROI, return on investment here. So if I'm putting my kid in, how long are they there and what are they doing by the end of it? So for example, summer camps, we are running summer camps right now. So we are running virtual and in-person. So in-person summer camps, they start at 9 a.m. in the morning and they end at 2. Mm-hmm. Normally, they would end at 3, 30, 4 o'clock so that working parents can come and pick them up after work. And, you know, it, it solves that problem as well. Uh, but because now we're getting all our centers sanitized after every, you know, every camp, every day, they're all getting sanitized. It's 9 to 2. But 9 a.m. they come in, they have... Um, so Monday morning example, they come in, we give them a project. This is what you need to do. For example, uh, if it's Roblox game programming, and I'm taking Roblox because a lot of moms I know will relate to that because even mm-hmm. kids as young as six, as old as 13 are playing that game. Hmm. So it's, it's a pretty popular game and they're just playing it. So when they come in, we tell, I, you know, I stand in front of them if I'm in one of the locations and I say, Hey, yep. you know what? This is a learning center. Once you pass through those doors, we are open to learning and not playing. So you're not installing the Roblox player. We're only working on the coding part. You can test your own games. You can test your friends' games, but that's about it. There are no other playing games. You know, first day, yes, they do get a shock that, oh my God, I thought it's going to be a playing camp and all that, but no. (laughs) They can do that at home. My kids have no trouble figuring out screen time at home. Like, I'm not, I don't want to pay you to have my kids watch or play a game. I can do that at home. Exactly. Exactly. So, (laughs) yeah. So number one, you know, we start them with a beginner level course that they're making 
for example, um, roadblocks or kill blocks. So for example, when a character touches something, you know, it bursts up or it dies or some, you know, those kind of things. So they're actually coding it themselves. And then they see it, oh my God, what just happened? And then they're making an entire game, but it's a blank game. So then the oh. second day they're coming in, okay, now if I cross this and I fall down, why do I have to start from the beginning? Because my game's so big now. Then we make them start from the, like somewhere in the middle and yeah. we call it checkpoints. So oh. we code those. So if you fall off, you're not going to go back to the same place. You've already passed that path. So now yeah. you just start from where you fell off pretty much. So that's day two. Day three, they're actually oh. making more. They're getting onto the difficult level, advanced level stages. So it's like beginner, intermediate, advanced, and then advanced two and advanced three. So they're building. It's So then I challenge the kids. In five days, you're building three games with these, 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 these concepts in it. Wow. So and then I, yeah, and on Fridays, we, we make the game public. So when they go home, they can show their parents, this is what we did. Wow. Is it, would it be possible for us to put in the show notes a link to one of the kids' games or a kids' game or example? Is, would that be possible? Uh, I know I'm putting you on the spot here. No, <laughs> uh, probably not because it's in their personal Roblox accounts. So unless I, you know. Made, made a I, fake I, one? Yeah, unless I made a one? fake one. I have I have my own Roblox account. I have my own obby that I created oh. while I was teaching the kids, but I don't want to put that there because I don't have a Roblox account. It's just my developer account that I've done it in. Oh, bummer. I wanted to see it. <laughs> I can show it to you, but I'm not on my work computer right now. <laughs> okay, so yeah. you'll just have to take your word for it, how this looks. And how, or people will just have to put their kids in and experience it themselves. Or they can come in for a complimentary assessment and I can show them what the kids have made. Awesome. So they can come in for a complimentary assessment or complimentary consultation and yep. actually see what kids are doing. And if they're in New Zealand or Australia and you just do it over Zoom. Yeah. Yep. We, okay. every, yeah. If, if they're not in the lower mainland, we do it over Zoom. Okay. So you're focusing on the kids, but how can technology be an actual, like a family affair? If we're looking at changing the world, one family at a time, how can technology for the whole family? So um, technology, if you think about it, it's already a family affair. You're watching TV, mm -hmm. you're sitting as a family pretty much most of the time. So that is a family affair. We are actually, now encouraging parents to come in with kids for a dad and me and a mommy and me class and learn to code with the kids so that when they go home, they can create something with their kids while the kids are also having fun. Oh. So the way we can make it a family affair is if we get involved too. So for example, if a kid, if a child has made something and then, Oh, what did, so, we go and ask questions. A lot of parents, I understand they're working, you know, we're, we're busy, our lives are busy, but take out that time and talk to the kid. What did you learn today at the camp? What did you learn at class today? And you will see the child just talking, talking, talking. We did this, we did this, we did this. And then it's up to us as parents when I go, you know, we go in and we'd say, hey, why don't you show me? Oh my God, how did you do this? 
How is that? Which language is this? Which coding language are you using? That's how we make it a family affair. That's how we make it fun. And that's, and we have seen moms and dads getting more involved in that when they start asking those questions. And then the kids feel, oh, my parents are now my friends. Ah, yeah. And like you were saying before, it's building that confidence because they're able to say like, I did this. And when a parent uses curiosity, and I have to remember this with my kids, even though I'm like, I know that, or <laughs> that's so basic or whatever. I'm like, oh, really? Like, if you do that, it makes that happen. That's so cool. Tell me more about it. Like, I really have to go into that space. And so this is a good reminder for parents about everything uh, to, to be doing that and build the curiosity. And then, the, like you're saying, the child gets to be the teacher. Yes. and share with you. And that's so important. I've, I've interviewed uh, another woman around child-led play. Mm -hmm. You are actually adding to them being in that leader role and being able to have control over it because they're telling you. So I love exactly. that. I love, I love that how you don't just think about come to the camp, learn this and then go home. And, and, you know, and when you're in our space is when we care. I love mm -hmm. how you think about more than, and you think about the like the idea of you're on for an hour and then you take a 15 minute break and the yep. 15 minute break isn't just like run around with your friends or the other mm -hmm. kids. It's, it's also structured in a way that encourages play. And yeah. I'm sure a lot of kids are, you know, when they're home, they're just like, I'm going to go to video games. I don't care about board games or other human interaction games like Pictionary or something, right? Yeah. Trades, like you mentioned. Yeah. Huh. And then, and those games also, put into play when you're having family time. Example, you're going camping, you don't have access to internet. Mm -hmm. Those are the games kids want to play. So we're already encouraging the kids when they're coming through that these are the games we can play when, you're, when you don't have screens. And some kids do come in with their iPads, you know, and they, they just want to be glued to their iPads. And it's difficult for me to tell the parents at, at times that, you know what, let's not give them iPads for free time. Yeah. Well, and, and sometimes parents are like, no, they're better off with the screens. And I said, no, being in, being an educator, being a parent myself, I'd rather not have the excessive screen time for them yeah. because it's not just their eyes, not just their mind. It's also how they've started to think then. Yeah. Then they're pre-programmed, you know, whenever we are free, we can get a screen and we can be done with it. That's not okay. Yeah. And then I also remind the kids when they come in, because when they're so involved in creating something, they forget to drink water. And they forget when you're in front of the screen, you need to stay hydrated. So those are also the habits that come along. Yes, yes. So it's like using the technology in a healthy way. Oh, hey, that's what we talked about, right? So our title today is Five Ways to Make Kids Screen Time Healthy and Productive. So even the yes. stepping away from it after an hour yes. helps them to be more productive. And you basically shared more than five ways. But the other piece of this yes. is why teaching computer science to our future generation is important. So kind of last question here, why do you think coding and computer science is the future? It's, it's, not, just so, it's not just coding and computer science. Technology right now is everywhere. Like even in a microwave, there is technology. We have mm -hmm. screens and fridges. That is technology. So every walk of life is now related to technology. So like you and I talking over Zoom, I'm giving classes to Zoom to seven-year-olds. 
who would have thought a seven-year-old now knows how to navigate Zoom, like share screen and access, like remote access and all that. No, that is what the importance is. This, this like Zoom and learning Zoom and everything would have been a two, three-year plan for many families, many parents, many kids. But now in the current situation, it is now. So yeah. learning technology, like we don't want to be late in any way. There are going to be millions of jobs available for people who are for kids in, in 2050 or 2025, to be honest, for technology field, but they're not equipped with it. So right now we're, we're actually encouraging them. Hey, this is the time. Why are you, why are you delaying it? So kids yeah. who've come to us for Roblox or Minecraft game designing camps are actually not progress to hardcore coding like JavaScript and Python. Wow. So it's game designing is a way to start, but it doesn't end there and it doesn't have to end there. They can actually progress through to yeah. a harder level, to a difficult level. But you're also um, appealing to what they like. If you said, hey, we're going to design that microwave screen, who wants to do that as a no child, wants right? Exactly. And, and really, who wants to do that at all? Maybe there's someone passionate about that, but they're paid to do it, so they're fine, happy to do it. But the key thing is here, kids will want to do what, you, what they've been exposed to. And yeah. that is the big problem I see with girls in that we are not having them experiencing these type of what we would consider or what we've seen in actually the, the economy, male roles, male dominated industries. And so we have yes. to at least expose them to it. I'm so grateful that my older brothers played sports. Then I was exposed to sports. Then when it was, I was older, I was like, when do I get to play soccer? I want to play soccer. And so how cool if, a child is brought into this, whether they like it or not, at least they're exposed and they know what it's about. And then younger siblings can see that their older brother or sister has created a video game and how cool. And it also helps them understand the world. Like people actually have this for a job. Maybe the same for you, Simmer, when we were growing up, you could be a doctor, you could be a nurse, you, know, you could be a police officer, you could be a teacher, these kind of traditional roles. The world, that's gone. Oh yeah, it's it's gone. And it's sad for me to see, like even now in my camps, I have lesser amount of girls. And I do have a special program called Coding Girls, where it's only wow. girls in a program taught by a, a female instructor, because when women and women, like even dynamic women, women lift each other up, women help each other, women kind of work good together. Yep. Yep. And that's why we introduced the Coding Girls camp. But it's sad for me to see right now, to be honest, we have zero registrations in coding girls. Wow. Okay. So I'm going to, I have, my... sorry, but I have, I, I have girls in game designing camps, which is awesome, which is totally fabulous. Cause right now there's one girl in our Cloverdale location. She's challenging the two boys. I can make better games than you. And I'm like, wow. go for it girl. Like you got it. That's so awesome. So I'm going to, I'm going to appeal to all of the listeners here. I'm going to ask you, uh, go in the show notes, grab the website, take that and share it on your social media and say, Hey parents, do you have kids that want to learn about coding? 
you know, we can maybe even, Simmer, would you write a little blurb that says, hey, parents, do you have kids that you want to go to camp and learn about coding or whatever? If you take that, why don't we share that? And let's do even a girls only version. Let's do a kids version or a girls version, whatever. And let's just share it out there. So even if you don't have kids yourself, I think you're probably a woman listening to this. Let's empower the women of the future. Let's help them to be able to earn the same as everyone, as all the other men. And let's help them to feel empowered and good enough to go for something like this type of role. So let's share, let's share on social media. Let's get the word out so that girls, that moms can see this opportunity. Thank you. And I, I really, I, that's my heart's desire. I really want girls to, to see and be, be a part of an amazing future, mm-hmm. not for themselves, not for their families, but for the country as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so And correct. I will write their blurb because all I say is to the parents is channel their obsession. Their, if their obsession is video games, channel it in the right direction. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. Any final thoughts you want to say, Simmer, before we... All I want to say, Diane, is thank you so much for this opportunity. I've, this was a heart-to-heart conversation that I yeah. really wanted to have. And I really wanted to put my words across to a broader audience. And you gave me that platform. I'm so appreciative of you. And I so look forward to, you know, serving more kids, more families, more girls to take them to the next level. Yes. Yes. And I, what I definitely knew would come through is your passion and your knowledge, but also what surprised me a little bit is just this totally holistic research-based approach that you have to every single part of what you do. And I really, as a a past educator, current educator, um, I really appreciate that, that part in hearing that. So actually even better than sharing your website, let's share this podcast out as well. um, So that other parents can listen. Um, It's important that we allow this to be an opportunity for the next generation. So please share it out. Uh, and maybe another time we'll have to talk about your interesting story about how you left your home country to come here and how that <laughs> went down and being a woman in a male dominated industry. Like we could have gone through so much, but I really wanted the kids to be the focus this time. So, yeah, but I, I would love, I would love to share that story too. Cause it, it was a, like I say, it was a hell of a ride, but it was a fun ride that, that gave me too many learning experiences. Wow. Awesome. Well, thank you so yeah. much. And to all of our listeners out there, I've already told you what you need to do to share this podcast out there. But also, if you're enjoying this podcast, why don't you subscribe so that you get to meet more amazing women like Simmer who are doing great work in the world. And also, we alternate. I get an amazing Dynamic Woman guest, and then I speak on the next episode, teaching you tips and tricks for your business and your life and actually all areas of life to move you forward. So welcome if you are part of our Dynamic Women Global Club. If you are a member, we're so happy to have you. Make sure you attend one of our monthly events, which is included in your membership. And if you are not currently a member, check out the link. Push push that link, click it, and go check out what we're all about and attend one of our next events as a guest. So that's me signing off. Bye, everyone. Thank you, Dynamic Women, for joining us today. 
please hop on over to iTunes to subscribe and leave us a review. Who do you know who needs to hear our message? We'd love it if you'd share our channel with your friends and family. If you're ready to be more dynamic, have more balance and more success, head over to www.dynamicwomenclub.com forward slash free gift for your key to success book. Stay dynamic.